Well, in the early part of the 16th century, a brilliant mathematician and astronomer named Copernicus began to say something revolutionary, paradigm shifting. What if the sun doesn't revolve around the earth, but the earth revolves around the sun? Well, you can guess what happened in response. For most of history, it was just taken for granted that the earth was the center of the universe. From anywhere on earth, the sun appears to revolve around the earth once per day. And while the sun and moon have their, their own motions, they also appear to revolve around earth once per day. Plus, the earth seems to be unmoving if you're an earthbound observer. It feels stationary. What? The earth Revolve around the sun? Ha. Oh, that Copernicus. What kind of crazy talk is that? I mean, if you, can't, if you can't count on the sun revolving around the earth, what can you count on? It would take another century to two centuries for this revolution in how we understand the cosmos to work itself out. It turned things upside down. Sixteen centuries earlier, Another radical claim based on a paradigm-shifting event happened, and it was even more revolutionary. And we're gathered here this morning because it is still wonderfully working itself out. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus isn't here, but He's been raised. Well, you can probably assume what happened in response. You see, for centuries, it was just taken for granted that dead people stay dead. From anywhere on earth, when you put a body in the ground after someone has stopped beating and their heart stopped, that's where they stayed. Jesus raised from the dead a single person in the middle of history? Ha! All oh, those women trying to project their hopes and memories into reality to feel better. I mean, what kind of crazy talk is that? If you can't count on dead people staying dead, what can you count on? And the answer that Easter provides is this. Death is not the end. There is something more final than death. God's love and life. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. Beginning with the first verse, listen for God's word. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember, he told you while he was still in Galilee that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. 
When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home wondering what had happened. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. They call it the road to nowhere. It's a scenic road in the mountains of western North Carolina that winds its way for six miles and then ends at the mouth of a tunnel. I was just there. I I walked the the quarter-mile tunnel with my dad and my three boys a few weeks ago on vacation. In the 1930s and 1940s, Swain County gave up most of its land to the federal government for the creation of Fontana Dam and Reservoir and Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So hundreds of people were forced to leave the communities that had been their homes for generations. With the creation of the park, homes were gone, and so was the old Highway 288, the route to those communities. The federal government promised to replace Highway 288 with a new road, Lakeview Drive. Lakeview Drive was supposed to have stretched along the north shore of Fontana Lake from Bryson City to the village of Fontana about 30 miles. But it fell victim to environmental issues and construction was stopped completely, resulting in a dead end. The road that leads to nowhere. I can only imagine that, that the women who appeared in this, in this morning's gospel lesson feel like they are on the road to nowhere. I mean, they're on the road to Jesus' tomb to anoint his body with spices, carrying out the traditional burial customs of the day. But they thought this story was done. It wasn't going anywhere anymore. Dead end. You don't go to a tomb because you expect to meet someone alive. They weren't going with spices saying to themselves, I really hope Jesus is alive, but you know, if he's not, we have these spices just in case. Were they... Were they walking dejected? Were they hurrying just to get the job done, uneasy with the Roman soldiers' presence? They had experienced, after all, the horror of what happened three days earlier when it seemed pretty clear that death and darkness had won. Dead end. They had seen their teacher, their friend, their leader nailed to a cross, a specially designed instrument of death. They had seen his lifeless body taken down, placed in a tomb, and sealed off with a giant stone. Over, finished. The road that led to nowhere. Dead end. Death was final after all. Dead people stay dead just as sure as the sun revolves around the earth. Await. Except, everything changed. Everything. It was just hard to see it. When they got to the tomb, the stone had been rolled away, and not only that, the tomb was empty. The women arrived to see a world that had fundamentally changed, even though they don't know it yet. This space that's supposed to house, is supposed to seal dead bodies in, did not do its job. Jesus is not there. 
Luke tells us they really don't know what to make of this. They don't immediately jump to resurrection any more than the people of Copernicus's day jumped to the idea that the earth actually revolved around the sun. Something crazy, something that world-shifting isn't and shouldn't easily be believed. After all, tombs are supposed to be resting places of dead bodies, not wombs for resurrected life. Tombs are dead ends. Then they see two angels who ask them the same question that, that lingers with us today. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Jesus has not appeared to them. All they see is an empty tomb. All they carry with them are spices, pain, and a paradigm that said a dead person stays dead. Why look for the living among the dead? Um, we weren't all great messengers of light. We were looking for the dead among the dead. Jesus is supposed to be here. But then they remember his words. They remember his words. And a dead end becomes a radical possibility. Maybe the story isn't over. They remember that Jesus did promise that he would be handed over and crucified, but on the third day rise again. Maybe he isn't supposed to be here in this tomb at all. After all, because he's the Lord of life. He's not a dead end God, but the end of death God. The God who will not be defeated. And so somehow, someway, they trust. They find that they have to. They must. They're counting on this. And before they even have time to try and rationalize this, they're sharing the news with the other disciples. Hey, the tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. Could it be wonderfully true? What if what seemed like a dead end was actually the end of death? This story hits close to home, doesn't it? I mean, I imagine all of us have had moments or may even now be in a moment when it feels like we're on the road to nowhere. A dead end. A place that feels like the end or a place that feels dead or both. Hope and low supply, situation looking grim, hard to see how any good can come from it. Hard to squeeze out drops of light from the darkness. Hard to see anything beyond the present reality and finality of, of death. Maybe it's hard for us to conceive of transformation or new life for ourselves or for others or for our broken world. And then just like those women, we're confronted with a message that runs counter to what we've observed or experienced. It's a game changer, but it seems just too too good to be true, too mad. Just like, the, just like the women, we don't see the risen Christ in all His glory. The women are told Jesus has risen, but they don't see the risen Jesus Himself. Not in this story anyway. What they have is an empty tomb and a message. An empty tomb and a message. That's what we have too. In the face of a world and messages and experiences that seem to revolve around death having the last word, we're confronted with a word of resurrection. Why look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's been raised. 
you would think it would have been so much easier for Jesus simply to walk out of the tomb in all of His glory right as the women got there. It would be much easier for Jesus just to, to appear right now in dazzling radiance to us who are gathered here this morning. But what we have is a word of resurrection telling us in a world that lives and revolves around the idea that death is final, that actually no resurrection life is final. Just like a world living with the idea that the sun revolves around the earth was told, just like a world living with the idea that the sun revolves around the earth was told that the earth actually revolves around the sun. But we hear something that flies in the face of what we think. Why look for the living among the dead? Because it's safer, Jesus. Because it's more familiar. Because it keeps the status quo quoing on. Because resurrection is madness. Death wins. Life ends there. And yet Easter says, really? Really? Are you sure about that? Death is sure, but maybe it's not, in fact, final. Why look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Is the question, is the statement of new creation. It's the question of a road that is not, in fact, not a dead end. It's a question that reorients and redirects everything. Jesus' resurrection means that life's terminus, life's center, life's orbit is life. Resurrection life. We're not living on a road to nowhere, but to resurrected life with God. Life is not headed for a dead end because even death could not end Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we know and trust that what is bad is not what is final, even if it is really bad and seems like it will be final. I mean, we look around us and see bad. We look around us and see dead ends or, or see roads that lead to nowhere. But Jesus' resurrection, God's victory of love and life over sin, death, darkness, and evil is God's refusal to let what is bad have the final word. Wherever or whenever you feel stuck or trapped, dead or dazed, wherever your past has told you that you will never change, wherever you are lost in grief or hopelessness, dreams have died, life has passed you by, darkness closes in, dead end, world tearing itself apart, you will find a risen Savior moving out, bringing out and forth new life. You will find a dead end that is maybe not so dead or final after all. A road not headed to nowhere, but a road redirected by the risen Christ. A life headed toward life. Life revolving around life. Jesus' resurrection is God's way of saying, I'm making sure that this road is headed somewhere glorious. That when we face a dead end, it's probably not the end. Because the end is not death, defeat, or darkness, but life. Friends, Jesus defeated death. Do we not think, therefore, that God is able and it to make and is making all things new and good? That the places of, of deepest pain, defeat, dismay, despair, loss, suffering might be like a tomb that's about to be opened up. A stone to be rolled away. A womb from which new life emerges. 
The New Testament is clear. Jesus' resurrection is God's pledge of total commitment to make everything right in God's creation. God launches a new creation through Jesus' resurrection. And we get to walk that road as people who have ourselves been brought from death to life. This is life we've been given, not just simply existence. A life with God forever. And once confronted with an empty tomb, once confronted with the paradigm-shifting question, why look for the living among the dead? Once confronted with all of the ways that we see even now the risen Christ moving and making things new even now, we cannot just accept the world the way it is anymore. We can't go back to to life as it was. It's time to, to walk in newness of life, time to live like our terminus is not death, but life. That even though it might look like the sun revolves around the earth, even though it might look like death is final, God comes out of tombs. God rolls away stones. What would it mean to live like that? What would it mean to live like death doesn't hold power over our lives? That our lives revolve around life, not death and the dealers of death. What would it mean to hope and believe that when it all feels like a dead end, that it's not the end, because the end is not death, but life. To live like we're walking down the road toward resurrection, and that moments of resurrection happen even now. That Jesus was just the first step of God beginning to make new all of creation. What would it mean to live this life like people who will be raised to life and who are being raised to life? Jesus' resurrection changes how we see the world and how we live in it. Resurrection means the disciples could witness undeterred in the face of the powerful Roman Empire, knowing that life does not dead end. Resurrection means Oppressed people could find the strength and hope under oppression of one day God setting things right because life does not dead end because God raised Jesus from the dead. Resurrection means a a small village in, in World War II France could shelter thousands of Jewish children knowing that life does not dead end and therefore seeing and living in the world differently. Resurrection means someone like MLK Jr. could courageously envision and seek to enact God's future of justice in the present, knowing that life does not dead end. Resurrection means an addict at rock bottom can get a fresh new start, knowing that life does not dead end, and that impossible has never stopped God. Resurrection means a mom undergoing chemo for cancer can hold on to something because life does not dead end. Resurrection means a a small groups of Christians in Ukraine under the shadow of tanks and artillery, fire, death, and destruction can gather just like us this morning and still sing, Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Because life does not dead end. And so, friends, may we join in. May we join in. May we find resurrection to be true on the road that doesn't lead to nowhere, but leads to life. Resurrection life. A revolution still working itself out. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.